You're listening to Zack Spooktacularathon. This episode will contain spoilers for the 2009 film Coraline. Welcome to another episode of Zack Spooktacularathon. Uh, today, I watched Coraline, and I'm actually recording this on Thursday night. It's about 4.30 p.m., um, but I wanted to do this one a little early because I want to watch the presidential debate, so this might be a little bit shorter of a podcast episode. We'll see. I'm going to do a briefer plot summary than usual, I think, but we watched Coraline. This will come out on Friday. We watch kid-friendly films on Fridays, uh, and Coraline was directed by Henry Selick, who also directed The Nightmare Before Christmas. Coraline was directed in 2009. It is based on a book by a writer that I really like, actually, and his name is Neil Neil Gaiman. Um, so let's go ahead and get started here uh, with a little bit of a plot summary. So we are introduced to this young girl. I think she's about 11 years old, and her name is Coraline, and she is pretty tired of her parents. They are pretty boring and bland people. I think that her dad is a writer and her mom edits his writing. I might not have caught that correctly, but I think that's what's going on. But they're pretty boring. She has a friend named Wybie, who she actually doesn't really like that much either. He is kind of nerdy and annoys her most of the time, and he talks too much. But whenever she's outside, she hangs out with him. Um, And she finds this door in the new house. Her family had just moved to this new house that's kind of boring and fits the parents' personalities. Uh, But she finds this door and she begs her mom to find the key and her mom gives her the key so that she can explore a little bit and they realize there is a brick wall behind this door. It's kind of the size of a doggy door so it's pretty small and you'd have to crawl to get into it. Uh, But there's a brick, brick wall behind this door so there's nowhere for her to really go to escape from from the house. That night, she sees this jumping mouse, and this jumping mouse leads her back to the door. And when she opens it, there's a portal into a whole new world. In this other world, she finds her parents in the pretty similar house, uh, but it's livelier, and these parents are a lot nicer. She calls them her other mom and her other dad. And these parents treat her a lot better than her boring parents. So she is excited about this adventure. Uh, She goes to bed in the new world and wakes up in her old house. And she constantly goes back and forth between these two worlds a couple times. And then finally, she decides that she really wants to stay in this new world if she can. And her mother really wants her to stay there as well. But there is one condition, and that is that she will need to button her eyes. Um, Her mother is obsessed with buttons on people's eyes, I guess. Uh, And her mother has buttons on her eyes. Her friend YB in this other world has buttons on his eyes and her father also has buttons on his eyes. Uh, But yeah, pretty much everyone in this other world has buttons on their eyes. And Coraline is like, that's not really cool. I don't really want to do that anymore. So she goes back home 
and decides that she does not want to be in this new world, even though her parents treat her a lot better in this new world and treat her more like royalty. Uh, when she gets back, she finds that her two parents have been trapped in the other world. She sees them in a mirror and they're freezing cold and they write help in the mirror uh, so that Coraline can come save them. It seems they were somehow kidnapped by Coraline's other mother. And Coraline then goes on this adventure to save her parents. She has to re-enter the other world uh, through the door. And she goes on this adventure. She saves her parents. She also saves some lost children that beg her for help. And then she realizes that this other world was a trap the whole time. Her other mother was extremely evil. And she challenges the other mother to a game because she knows that the other mother cannot resist a challenge. And the challenge was that if Coraline can save her parents and save the lost children in a certain amount of time, then Coraline can go back to her world. But if she loses, then the other mother will sew buttons into her eyes and she'll stay in this new world forever. Um, and Coraline wins the challenge and escapes. She barely escapes because the other mother tries to trap her multiple times. And at the very end, she basically has to slam the door behind her. There's also this cat that goes between worlds that helps her out a lot. There are these, these fortune teller characters that help her out by giving her a special tool that she can see certain things, um, like the lost children's souls or like something that belongs to them that keeps their soul trapped. But yeah, that's pretty much the end. She saves her family. And the other mother is left in the other world. We're going to take a quick break here, and then we'll talk about a couple things with Coraline. So I really enjoyed this movie. Um, it is very similar to The Nightmare Before Christmas, which I have not seen in a very long time. And this film made me really want to rewatch that. I think I like that one more than Coraline, but they are almost the same. And I'm interested in rewatching Coraline to see what I think again. Uh, but this film took three and a half years to make, which is a huge feat. It was also the first stop motion animated film to be filmed completely or fully in 3D, which was interesting. I did not watch it in 3D. I don't have a 3D television, uh, but I might have to go back and somehow find a way to watch this in 3D because I bet there's a lot of cool stuff. Um, the Stop motion is really well done. It's very smooth, very much like Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, and it definitely has a creepy aesthetic to it. It's kind of like claymation. I don't know if they used clay. I don't know exactly how they filmed these stop motion films, uh, but it has this clay feeling where the characters can mold a lot and the characters are like stretched and very flexible. Um, and it, it seems like they might be made out of clay. I'm not sure exactly how Leica makes these films, but it looks like claymation to me. And the characters throughout this film are all just very creepy. The father constantly looks sickly in the old world. He looks very beat down and there's a lot of dark shadows around his eyes and just like this total office like servant to society uh, who is very boring. And I would not want to be his daughter if I, I was Coraline. Uh, you can definitely see the motivation for her to find this new world and why she is constantly fed up with her old world. Um, they also have 
buttons for eyes in the new world. And that's super creepy. I'm not a fan of buttons for eyes. I don't ever really want to see that in a real movie. This could be a really scary horror movie if it was not animated. It is plenty scary as it is, but it's very disgusting. There's really weird creatures throughout the film. There are these like skeleton turtles and I have never seen a skeleton turtle before. Um, I talked about that a little bit yesterday uh, because there was a skeleton turtle in the trailer as well. But that was definitely disgusting. There are like singing fireflies that are actually pretty cool, but they look kind of dusty. Just everything in this like world, both the worlds, is kind of dusty. Nothing's very clean except the garden. There is a garden that's pretty clean that the father in the new world takes care of. Um, There are these jumping mice that are terrifying. Uh, Mice in general are gross creatures usually uh, in films. And it's not something you want to run into. And if they're jumping, that's just even worse. There's also these fortune tellers that are very out there. Uh, They are kind of annoying and creepy as well. There's one point where one of them is almost totally nude on a like stage show. And I don't know. I guess this film is rated PG probably. But it is like very close to at least a PG-13 rating, I'm sure, Um, because there's a lot of like near nudity. There's taxidermy, which is not something you often see in a kid's film. There's taxidermy in like uh, Psycho as well, and that's a lot scarier. But the taxidermy in this one also gives you this sense of these very odd characters that are discomforting and not the most joyous to be around yeah so those are those are kind of the examples of the characters that we get throughout the film uh we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to talk a little bit more about the ambiance of the film that was pretty unsettling This is a pretty dark film throughout the runtime. Uh, I think it was the longest uh, stop motion film until Leica released a new stop motion film called Kubo and the Two Strings. That came out, I don't know exactly when Kubo came out, but this was the longest film until that one. So there was like a 10 year gap or something, Uh, maybe like a eight year gap. So that's interesting, but this film almost throughout is is very dark. There's almost only nighttime shots. There's a lot of yellow lighting, and the new world, while it seems nicer than the world that Coraline is living in originally, it's got all this like yellow light and a lot of just unsettling characters. It has this like circus guy that is kind of more like an octopus than anything else. And it's it's scary. There's a bunch of dogs at one point that are watching a stage show, which was hilarious. But that's like the only funny part of this film, I think. This, this film's just very dark. And as a child, I would definitely have nightmares from it. Uh, it kind of reminds me of like Spirited Away, where it's tailored to children, but adults can also watch it very easily and be entertained by it but it's horrifying for children to watch 
I remember being very horrified after watching Spirited Away as a kid. And I think that if I had seen Coraline as a kid, I would be pretty terrified too. It came out in 2009. So I would have been pretty young at that point. Well, okay. I guess I wouldn't have been that young. I guess I'm a little older than I thought, but it would still, it would still scare me. And it did scare me when I watched it. Uh, I almost had some nightmares last night. And what I learned is don't go exploring places that you're not familiar with. Don't go out at night ever and trust your parents. One of the big lessons in this film is to trust your parents, even if they're really boring. Um, so that's that's an interesting lesson to learn. We've talked about how kids play a big role in horror films as well. Quarantining with your parents, which is something we're, we're learning about now. Coraline was totally bored out of her mind. And just when a kid is bored out of their mind, they're going to look to cause trouble. So of course, when she finds this portal, she doesn't think about any of the ramifications of her going into this portal and waking up the next day in her old world again. But yeah, if you're fed up with your parents, maybe talk to them more about it. I don't know. Coraline's friend, YB, is a really odd character. He brings this kind of annoying character to the film at first, but then you have this really creepy scene where in the new world, he's not able to talk at all. And that was very disturbing. And like in a lot of modern horror films, you get these characters that their like mouths are sewn shut or whatever. And that's kind of what YB is in this film. And it's horrifying. I did not like it at all, especially because he was smiling the whole time. And the fact that someone is forced to smile but cannot talk because their mouth is sewn shut is awful. I'm not a fan of that. I think there's stuff like that probably in like the Saw series or a bunch of other franchise films, but I'm not a fan of that at all. He likes to hunt slugs as a hobby in the old world where he can talk. So he's kind of disgusting in the old world and the new world. But you learn you learn to love him by the end of the film. And you realize that he he is definitely worth a lot in this film and is helpful a lot to Caroline um, or Coraline. Wow, I just said Caroline, didn't I? Uh, Coraline. Yeah, this this film ends and you get the sense that Coraline had some uh, some karma coming at her for treating her parents pretty poorly. Her parents don't treat her well throughout the film in the old world and the new world. Definitely not in the new world, but her dad's kind of nice in the new world, I guess. He's just, everyone's uh, controlled by her new mom um, or her other mom. But you get the sense of karma where... Coraline learns that she definitely needs to appreciate her parents and everything they've done for her. So that was very well done. I think there's definitely a lesson from this film for children to learn from. Um, so yeah, overall, I, I really enjoyed this film. We're going to take one more break, and then we're going to talk about the week in review and what films we watched. And then we're going to talk about next week just a little bit and get excited for the final week of the spooktacular thon This was a solid week of the spooktacular thon I'm pretty happy with it. It's the second to last week. Next week, we've got some special stuff coming up, so I'm excited. Uh, but this was a solid penultimate week. There's a big word for you. Um, we started off with Psycho, which is a classic. Everyone knows Psycho, Alfred Hitchcock. Very, very good film. 
Uh, it's a pretty long film, but it's all worth it for that final scene. And then we watched the UK film Under the Shadow, which takes place during the Iranian-Iraq War. Uh, and that was very good as well. Pretty jumpy, very short film, uh, but it was pretty jumpy. There's a lot of war in it as a backdrop, which leads to great horror as well. No one likes to live in a war zone. And then we dove into more of a comedic film for our musical film on Wednesday, and that was Anne and the Apocalypse. I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was great. I think the trailer itself is better than the actual film, uh, but it was all right. It was an enjoyable experience. It wasn't too long. There's some good music, especially in the first half of that film. I really liked the first half of that film. Second half lacked a little bit, but there's also some great characters. You get Mr. Savage, but yeah, I, I enjoyed that film. And then on Thursday, we watched Scream. Scream is a total Wes Craven classic. This guy is like the best when it comes to horror. We had watched A Nightmare on Elm Street a couple weeks ago, and Scream was a great way to kind of go through his his career uh, because Scream is definitely one of his later films, and it's one of my favorite horror films I've seen in a while. It's kind of funny. It's a dark comedy, really, but it was very good, and I really enjoyed it. And then we finished off today, of course, with Coraline, the Leica film. And it had a great Halloween aesthetic, very similar to Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, and both of these films I love a lot. I definitely will watch Cor will rewatch Coraline at some point in my life, probably within the next year, because I did enjoy it quite a bit. It's very scary for children, I'm sure. It might induce some nightmares for me later down the line, uh, but we'll see. Let's talk next week real quick. I'm about to go watch that presidential debate. Uh, good time right here to plug that you should vote. We are less than two weeks away from an election. If you are able, you should vote uh, because that's how, how democracy works. And I'm personally a pretty, good, pretty big fan of democracy and how it works. So yeah, but next week, we're going to start off the week with something that I have not been looking forward to. I hear this is one of the scariest movies of all time, but I think it's a staple that I need to watch. I want to do next week as like a lot of staples for the films. And so as our classic film for Monday, I'm going to watch The Exorcist. And it's something I've, I've never seen before. And I've heard some very scary things. I think that I will maybe have nightmares all of next week after watching it. But it's worth it. I hope. We'll see. Um, so I hope you'll join me then. On Tuesday, I actually pre-recorded an episode because we're going to have our first guest ever on the show. Uh, and that's one of my friends. His name is Kevin. And he is a pretty big film buff. He's done a few guest appearances on some podcasts. Uh, so that should be a lot of fun. And we watched Suspiria, the old one, I think from 1977, the Argento film. And we had a good chat about it. It's going to be longer than most of the other episodes. It might be the longest episode of the Spooktacularathon, but I'm really excited. And we had a good time talking about it. 
And so I definitely hope you'll listen on Tuesday. I'll give you another reminder on Monday for that one. And on Sunday, I'm also going to let you guys know the rest of the film schedule. That's all I have solidified right now. As always, if you want to send me some recommendations, you can find all my social media in the description for this podcast, uh, which is usually at the top of the page, I think. Uh, There's a bunch of different platforms that this is uh, streaming off of. But usually at the top, you can find all that information. If you want to send me an email or you can message me on Anchor as well. Uh, You can message me feedback that I can play on the show as well, which is kind of cool. I've never used that feature before, but I'm totally into that. If you want to let me know anything you have to say about the films I've watched so far or about the podcast, I'm happy to play those. Um, But yeah, I hope you all have a good weekend and I will be back on Sunday to give you a little bonus episode just to let you know what's going on next week for the final week of Zach's Spectacularathon. And then we'll start right off pretty quick here on Monday with The Exorcist.